I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following, the following. The following. Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. to another episode of the voice of survival podcast season two episode 12 as the introduction said i am your host nate i told you guys last week we were going to try something different we're going to be a little bit topical not necessarily having guests where you know we're talking about their lives and things of that nature i know that's really the heart of this show but i also want to use this show as a place where i can venture out and expand what i do on the podcast network because I want to try all kinds of different things and this is a a good place to dip those waters because the voice of survival means a lot of different things to me. It's not just listening to other people tell their stories and how they've gotten through, but it's also a mindset of surviving through crazy circumstances and being, you know, mentally aware of yourself and knowing that you're going to be okay. So today I thought we would talk about a very interesting topic. Usually people you know, you get told, you're, you know, if you're in a large group of people, there are two things you never bring up, politics and, and, and religion. Politics is not something I'm going to be covering today. This isn't like an episode of Poor 360 or something. I'm not going to be diving into any of the craziness that's been happening in our country. That's not why I'm here. I'm actually here to talk about a different kind of craziness that has been plaguing our country for, you know, generations. And, you know, maybe some of you are going to go, wow, Nate, that was pretty harsh, and I think you have a pretty narrow mindset But um, I want you guys to know my full journey, so I'm going to kind of tie that in here too because, see, when I was younger, um, very, very early on, you know, the the ideology of church and religion were introduced to me. My grandmothers were taking me to their churches, Methodist Church in Hoopston, the Methodist Church in Ambia, Indiana. You know, and I remember those times, they were a little bit simpler because I wasn't really super focused on the teachings and stuff because I was too young to really grasp those concepts and I was just like oh my god I can live and play and playing is the coolest thing ever I'm so excited to just breathe you know so it was more the experience of being with other people and like I remember 
making little pet rocks things, you know, like little, you know, knickknacks for Jesus and whatnot when I was doing these little Methodist youth groups for smaller children and stuff, little Bible camps and whatnot. And, you know, it never, the Holy Spirit never just like took me in or whatever, however they say, you know, it didn't strike me as something because I didn't feel it. It wasn't real to me. It wasn't something tangible that I could experience. It was just this thing I was told to believe in. And I mean, you know, the same could be said for Santa Claus. However, Santa Claus drops presents off and that's like, quote unquote, proof of his existence. So, um, the, 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 you know, the whole Jesus thing is like, man, uh, do I feel it? Nah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So, you know, growing up, I did go to a lot of different youth groups and things. I think that was a lot of ways for my parents to kind of dump me off and deal with their shit because they were going through personal problems and whatnot and trying to get by. And uh, so that was a good spot for me to be just away. And I mean, you know, I made friends, lots of different friends from doing the Bible camp things and whatnot. But again, it wasn't really my thing, I didn't think. It just... I was never like a super quote unquote Jesus freak. And we're going to get into the whole, the whole path here and, and what deviated from what happened, why I feel this way, what I think ails our country, things of that nature is what we're really getting into. So, you know, we, I got to probably like, I don't know, 12 or so. And there were some pretty girls that were in the youth group and they were getting baptized. And of course, I wanted to get baptized, so I was like, oh yeah, I would love to be baptized. My little sister had just been born. They had baptized her. I thought, how cool and symbolic. I'll be baptized. We can be protected together or whatever. And then everything went to shit kind of not too too long after that. I was baptized. Like A couple months later, my uncle was killed by a drunk driver. I had like the worst year of my life in 2001. And, um, in just like a really downward spiral of me as a 13 year old kid, just learning how to kind of like live with that grief on, on his shoulders. And, um, it, it was the first time I really questioned like the what, hold on, wait, wait, let's just one second. Let's take this back. You mean to tell me that there's a guy who supposedly created all of us, who is this ultimate good guy, but he's cool with crazy things like drunk drivers, killing people unnecessarily and needlessly taking people away from their loved ones. It's a little bit off. I'm not really sure how to feel about that, you know, and I really question, like, come on, man. You're supposed to be this all-powerful being, and um, I'm going to also get into kind of my mental state for how I feel about, like, a higher being, okay? Because in my modern experience, in my adult life, I've experienced the flow of time in a different way, and what I mean by that is I just feel like I've said it several times on several different podcasts. I do always feel like I'm in the right place at the right time, that everything lines up as it should. And that's been very bizarre, and it's also led me down some really cool paths. So it's like, do I feel like there's some sort of higher power pushing me to this? I don't think so, but I just feel like I'm so connected internally with the universe and the idea that we are just molecules and atoms and that the ideology of religion in itself is something that's man-made so i'm 13 i feel like god smites me and he just you know he kills my uncle and a lot of bad shit happens in 2001 and i'm just like rocked to my fucking core you know questioning my existence questioning who i am i quickly turned to music and that kind of became a thing and i was like playing bass and music and then when i became like 15 turning into 16 i met this girl Lindsay. 
And she was my first like long-term relationship. We dated for almost one year. Oh my God. Some of you guys are like almost one year. It's crazy. It's anyway. So, um, not to dog on my younger self. So we dated and here's the thing. Her family had a little bit of a different path and she had a mom and a dad who were together, but had been through so much, it seemed like they probably should have been divorced. Like, there was just always a tension when they were together, you know? And they tried to play it cool and be nice, but you could just always feel tension in the air. Like, something was brewing, okay? And, you know, she had a sister, and she had a brother, and her brother was autistic, you know? And um, <clears throat> they went to this, like, New Bethel church, and that church was really different to me because it seemed like the new cool hip place that they seemed very inclusive. They had this like youth group type thing that was like a jam area and you could bring your video game systems or you could do, you know, pretty much whatever you wanted. You There was an area where you could go play basketball or you'd hang outside and have little rap battles or just run around playing tag with people or having intimate conversations with your girlfriend across the street, you know. And it was like a little coffee shop too and it had this like feel and there was an energy in that building and it was a different time and a different place you know but all those things considered when you went to the church side of the same people you started seeing really weird shit and it was the shit that you know like listen i am all for the idea of the the you know someone feels so energized by the thought of the holy spirit that they work themselves up into this higher energy. But when you're smacking people in their heads and throwing people down to the ground and, and, and telling them that they've been saved and their problems have been fixed, like, as a young adult, I started to take notice of this, like, weirdness. So one specific example, we were at some sort of Christmas thing, and they had this big service. We were all there. They called up my girlfriend's mom to the front and did this, like, whole thing. And they were like, you know, what do you want? to make right like what what do you what do you want to do with god like how do you want god to help you and she was like i want my son to be able to talk like he's so autistic he can't speak so he's like in a really rough spot he's nonverbal, you know and um he's like okay as i commanded and he smacked her and she fucking flops to the ground like wrestling style like sold it hardcore okay and it was like this, and the people are crying, and they're like so moved, and she goes back, and he was like, I promise you that in so-and-so time, like very, very short time, like two weeks or something, that he'll be healed. And it wasn't fucking true. It didn't happen. And all this whole family wanted was for this kid to fucking speak to them. That's it. Because this this little bundle of energy and light, and he just can't, he can't put it all together, you know? So that was my real, like, whoa, awakening. And then things got darker. Me and that girl split up. And that's when I, like, fully was like, okay, I need to be done with the idea of church. I lived a couple years, uh, you know, with no church in my life whatsoever. I wasn't going to youth groups. I wasn't doing any of those things. I was just being me. I was focused on music. I was in my band. And that's what it was about, you know. And uh, then during that time, my drummer mason like right i think it was like probably like right right when we started the band i would say he was like oh we should go to this like icym or some shit and we went to this fucking thing and there was song and dance and all this crazy experience and it was really strange because you had this i had this literal experience where all these people 
who were I was around were very filthy, very vulgar, um, kind of. I don't. I'm not trying to be judgy, but just not what you would expect in quote unquote churchgoers. And then they would just succumb to it, you know. And then as soon as they were away from the churchy stuff, they would. It was, it was almost like an act they had to play for someone else. And I don't know who the people they were impressing, but it was very bizarre to me and uh, did not make me feel right at all. Um, and then it's so crazy because I learned that around the same time that I was doing this, Sarah, who I met only a few short years later, was most likely in the same location around the same time. We could have possibly ran into each other. We didn't, of course. And I wouldn't have known back then, obviously. So the band thing happens, and then I met Sarah, right? And this is where my knowledge for why I believe religion is literally like, okay, you, you look at it at both sides, and it can be, and I'm using this, okay, some ideologies for religion can be used as a way to make people feel better in really awful situations and quote-unquote comforted and guided, okay? And, and maybe in this big, crazy world that we're just dropped into and expected to know how to do things, it's a way for you to feel comforted in knowing that there's something that can guide you in your dark times, okay? And I, and I understand that, and I'm sure there are people who use religion only to that level. They don't uh, preach it to other people, per se. They don't become judgy and cruel. They're not trying to convert everyone to be like them. Like, there's a lot of toxic Christianity happening in our society, and that's what I'm actually going to get into now. So, and you know, and I don't want to like really like bring out all of the the things bad that happened to Sarah and in her situation. But you know, uh, episode one of the Voice Survival in the very first season, she does talk about it a little bit and talk about that. You know, she was kind of like put into a cult by way of being in a youth group that got shifted into that, where you know their youth minister were, was using the people that were there as minions to do his bidding and there were crazy things man she was witnessing she was going to mexico risking her life to witness to people in mexico and not like the resort area of mexico like cancun ship like the fucking slums man witnessing to turn these mexican people who were living in their own traumas and and crazy fucking way of life having to be, you know, have some fucking entitled rich white kids fucking tell them how they need Jesus. Like, fuck you. Who are you? You don't know my struggle, right? So all these crazy things that Sarah had to endure and then the fallout from that. And the fallout from that has been much bigger because, I mean, there are anxieties and confidence issues and, and all sorts of things that have affected her that I live with and I witness her experience that are heartbreaking and all for and all for you know for what for religion to 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 give you some comfort no see the problem is is that religion creates thing this this ideology of power right people who are at the religious forefront your pastors your ministers your your fathers okay all that shit your cardinals all those things like they all have a position of power, and they think that because they have a position of power that what they decide is right is God's will. And that's fallible. Your your ideology that you as a man can take this made-up creature, this creation, take his ideas and, f and just 
bring them to a fucking through a filter and say this is how it's supposed to be is stupid. Like if God, listen to me, I want you to really think about this in, in, in a scientific level of like, just break down the numbers. If there was one singular God, okay, put over charge of this entire planet and we are a lone planet and he's just like playing with this fucking marble. I want you to really think about this for a second. He would have to be every place, everywhere, every time. Well, he's omnipotent. Well, no, but come on now, really? And answering everyone's prayers? Like, there are tragedies. There are school shootings where children are murdered just for existing in schools by their disgruntled classmates or or some crazed shooter. There's all sorts of fucking awful violence that happens in our world. All kinds of tragedy. And that is what your God creates, is, is his will. His will is this, this dark, evil image. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that if there was truly a power of light, there would be any darkness. Like, that's just, if there is pure, unrequited light, there cannot be darkness. That's just the, 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 the scale, right? So, dealing in Sarah's traumas, looking at my past... You know, I think about it, and it's just like, no, religion is not something I can be all in for. Now, like I said, is there a cosmic being guiding me? No, but I do feel like I've always, I'm always arriving as I'm supposed to. Like things are always playing out as they were, as they were always intended to play out, regardless of what moves I was going to make. Uh, guided to moments in time that are locked, and I've seen these moments in my past and just not realize they were coming to my present. You know, it's very strange, but I don't believe that I like would pray to a deity or or any of those things, because I think that that ideology too becomes very, very taxing. The idea that you have to uh, worship and repent and to praise something for it to protect you. Like the universe brought me to life. Okay, because we're all just energy bouncing around and our intent, our energy intentions set. You know, if you set your intentions for a certain thing to happen and you actually see it through and believe that it can 100% happen, it will. You know, I'm learning that. I'm learning that on a day-to-day basis and and it's just insane to me. So... You know, I'm I'm now, you know, and let's be honest. Let's see. I was um, about probably, probably 17 officially when I started saying that I no longer had religion as something that I that I that I found true. So I'm like 15 years without religion, which is just under half my life. So I'm, you know, just right, ri- you know, right around half my life I've been without it, and I notice no difference. I notice that when something happens in the world, I don't look at a deity angrily and go, well, why did this happen? There is no why. Things happen, and you just have to, you must deal with them. The struggle of life is dealing with life. Like, And if you don't have the will, then you just you roll over. You call it a day. You say, that's it. That's good enough. That's all I had. That's my best. That's all I could put in. That was my 100%. Or my 30%, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I think 
that you look at religion as a whole, and I think every religion says it strives for peace. If you look at its every religion at its base core has a some form of idea of peace, of ultimate peace, of everyone getting along with everyone, right? The issue, the big, gigantic, humongous issue is, is that if all these people are so peaceful, why has peace not been achieved? And I think that's because there are people who have altruistic reasons. Again, like cardinals and priests and people of power, they get a little ounce of power and they think that because they feel that power and they feel that quote-unquote spirit running through them, that their that their decisions are correct, that their moves they that they want to make are the right moves always, and that they're infallible mistakes. So, you know, every religion has extremes. You have extreme Christianity in the Westboro Baptist Church. I mean, the extreme in Muslim cultures like the Al Qaeda and 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 ISIS and things of that nature. And you know, you have extremes. Um, the alt-right. I mean, there's all kinds of extremes that come and are bred of hate because religion inherently teaches you at some point, in some form, that if someone isn't believing in your religion, you need to convert them. You need to get them to believe. It's all about believing. And every religion is built on belief. And guess what that means people have to do? Convince people to believe. Because if you can't see something, listen, if you say, Nate, hey, I've got a fucking green pair right in front of me. And on the green pair, it says D'Anjou, USA, and has the, the PRLU code of 4416. Well, I'm touching the pair. I'm feeling it. It looks real. It feels real. I can feel the rind. I feel the stem moving a little bit and the, the you know, the kind of gross texture of the pear. I wouldn't just bite right into this. I would definitely want to wash it and maybe cut it up first. But I can identify that that's really a thing. I I don't have to work hard to believe that that exists. But deities, on the other hand, it's like you have to believe in this thing. You have to believe in this thing. You have to believe in this thing. Well, where is it? Well, you can't see it. Well, then how the fuck am I supposed to believe in it if I can't see it? I've only ever believed in things that I can see. Well, this one time, I'm going to need you to trust me. But every other time, it's this way. And science would tell me that if you're telling me that this one time there's an exception to the rule, it's probably not an exception to the rule. It's probably hogwash, you know? So you look at all these religions, and, you know, again, I'm not going to lie. I think that good in theory, bad in practice, you know, uh... I see Catholicism is another one, and, and I'm, I'm going to offend some people here, and I'm sorry in advance for the people who I know are on the network who are Catholic. Please forgive me for what I'm about to say, but this is my honest belief. This is not based on the people that are a part of this network. This is my experience predating any of you even being a part of my life, okay? But growing up, I had several friends who were Catholic. I actually had a stepfather who also was Catholic, and here's what I learned from Catholicism. Do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to literally, under Catholicism, and I'm not telling you to actually do this, listen to me right now, don't do anything that I'm saying in this. This is just hypotheticals based on how Catholicism works because I'm telling you that you absolutely can do this if you're a Catholic. You could go out and you could go out and just start punching everybody you walk up to in the face. Or you could walk up and, you know, pull your wiener out and just wave it around at people. As long as you go to church the next day, 
You go into your little tiny booth, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, blah, blah, blah. Admit your sins, admit your guilt. You know, once you do that, then you're, quote, unquote, free of the sin. Everything's cool. He forgives you. You know, you have to take blah, blah, splash the holy water, however they fucking do it, whatever, whatever they decide. And then all is forgiven, all is forgotten. But the problem is, is that you as a person can then go and do another really big sin immediately following. You can do something really awful immediately following. And then just go in and ask for forgiveness again. And, and you know, I've seen people, people that I grew up with did exactly that. Okay, so there's this friend I went to school with. Here's a couple of stories. So one time he took his girlfriend to the high school in the middle of the night to fuck her on the football field at like two in the morning, okay? I know this because I'm his friend. Now, at the time, I'm like, dude, that's, you're, you, you, you believe in, you're, you're religious and you just did that? And he's like, oh, dude, it's cool. Like, it's not a big deal. I know we're supposed to wait till marriage, but I'll just go ask for forgiveness. Father will be like, I'm gonna, I'm, it's understandable. I understand you're human. You made mistakes. You asked for forgiveness. Here we are. As long as you admit your mistakes, it's not a problem. That's what Catholicism teaches. As long as you're honest about your mistakes, there are no problems. The problem with that lies that you can just keep making mistakes and then just admit them and, and, and it's, it's forgiven. Well, I was honest. I told you I did it. You know, I told you I stabbed that person, blah, blah, whatever the fucking example is that you want to give. And it's just like, you know, and then, and that's another thing too, is that like, you look at the Catholic Church and all the drama they're going through right now with all these priests getting busted for banging little boys. That's a real problem. Why? Because you're creating this false narrative that the father is the powerful one. And if a guy repents, well, there's certain things you're going to have to do, kid. And maybe one time it's bend down and touch your ankles and let me tickle you with my tongue because that's what they're telling you is going to happen. But that's really an epidemic. It's it's creating uh, rampant sex addicts. It's creating, and, and, and whatever, if you like sex, you like sex. But then it comes to a point where it's not even for satisfaction. It's, become, it's, it's, it's like um, a compulsion, you know? And um, you're creating people who have mental problems who who break down and have traumas that they can't even express to people and something as simple as a tiny singular word can trigger them off and set them into a a downward spiral of a terrible day and that's all because of 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 a, of a man's choice to take advantage of a young boy you know and that's happening in churches and you can't deny its existence you can't say oh no 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 you you're reading that wrong no that that is actually factually what's been happening for decades in the catholic church the molestation of little boys. People you fucking go to church with, people you go to school with, people you work with have been molested by their priest and won't talk about it. They can't open up about it because it hurts them too bad. Because that trauma, that wound, to admit that that actually happened to them is so crushing because then it means that they had to actually live through it. And it's accepting. And that's the hard part. It's them accepting that that trauma is real. And, and uh, it's awful, you know, and, and and you look at, I mean, and then, okay, and then you look at, okay, like the Westboro Baptist Church, like they're, they're another great example of extreme religion and how religion is just honestly off the fucking rails, right? So their thing is, it's, it's almost a twofold game, because really for them, it's not just about, like, condemning people and saying God hates fags and all this stuff. 
it's it's actually more and and more realistically about them trying to goad people into lawsuits. These people are very intelligent to some degree, and I mean they've duped a lot of people into believing and buying in. But they're hoping that people get physical. That's why they're like the Patriot Guard exists. If you don't know what Patriot Guard is, go to patriotguard.org. They protect soldiers' funerals from you know um, the you know God hates fags people. And I have a shirt that says "Fuck the Westboro Baptist Church." I wear it proudly. I don't care if it has the word "fuck" on it. Does that offend you? It offends me that that church exists. It offends me that we've allowed religion to get to a point where it is just a cauldron of hatred. It really is. I mean, really, when you break down religion and what it is and what it has done to our country, it is a cauldron of fucking grimy, disgusting hatred. Why is the South so wrapped up? Because it's called the fucking Bible Belt. Their noses are so deeply up the asshole of their imaginary God. And I hate to be like that, but I mean, I'm being real. They take that book. They don't actually think about like, where'd this book come from? Okay, well, who wrote the book? Okay, well, if the people who wrote the book, like, did they actually interact with the dude? Oh, they didn't. They wrote it 200 years later. Oh, shit. Oh, but what about the old part of that book? Oh, really? You mean to tell me the old part of the book was written in a way that we don't write nowadays? Like, we don't read right to left, left to right. Like, it wasn't organized necessarily like that, and their punctuations were different, and words meant sometimes slightly different things. So the translation could be out of context like poorly really that's cr- i wouldn't have i wouldn't have i didn't know that see here's the thing guys i start thinking about stuff when i'm a younger dude and i'm like wait a minute hold on god is this guy he's supposed to make sure everybody's cool then why is there so much suffering on this planet and then then that leads me to like okay well where does how does how do how do we even know about god if he if he's never come down from the heavens and been like hey i'm here what's up how's it going like how do we know that exists? So then it takes to like, okay, well, where'd the book come from? Well, the book came from people. Well, people, I could write a book. Right now, I could write a book and bury it in the fucking ground and, and make it look super ancient and then dig it up and be like, I found the ancient Archimaic text of Damakamado, you know, or some crazy shit, you know? And then like say all this crazy shit that I'm this new religion and holy shit, here it is. People would buy into that. That's crazy. So... Because of that, you can't take people's words at face value. You have to also take the book, and you have to think, like, there are still ancient scriptures and ancient texts that exist that you can study now and look at and see that, you know, it's crazy. There are so many errors. Because what would happen would be there would be one document, okay? I want you guys to think about this. Take one piece of paper in your house, and I want you to write a love letter to to whoever you care about the most, Okay? I want you to then ask them to quickly read it and translate it back and write it out really, really fast and then give that note to someone else to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how the scriptures were passed down and deciphered through time, okay? So with that being said, there are so many mistakes, so many incredible errors that lie within those ancient scriptures because they're not original prints. They're copies of copies of copies of copies, you know? So 
the copies of copies of copies of copies happens, and we've got this book now. We've got the King James edition. We've got all these other editions. We've got the Mormons, you know, all these different. And I'm just talking about, you know, more or less American religions. And then you look about, like, well, there are also religions that believe there are multiple gods with an S. And that's kind of, like, more plausible, right? Wouldn't there be, there wouldn't just be one dude who's, like, reign, I reign supreme and I'm the only one. Like, what, wouldn't it be, like, a council of dudes? Like, haven't we always grown up with there being a council of Like, sure, there's a head dude, but there's always a council of dudes or dudettes that, like, surround the head dude to make sure he's making the right decisions. <clears throat> so... With that being said, like you look at it and you're like, okay, well, what happened to the multiple God ideologies? Like, why aren't there more multiple God religions that still exist? And, you know, it's the idea that I, I feel like it was way back in the Roman times, you know, before Christ, they converted everybody to believing there was only one true sun God or, or something of that nature. And, and here we are, you know, now... Um, instead of it being polytheism, we've got monotheism, and you and you're, you're you're focusing on the idea the idea that there's one deity that protects you and protects your kind, and it's like, you know, what people don't understand is when you quote unquote pray, you're setting the intention of the universe. Hey, universe, hey, energy that's out there, take care of the people that I love, take care of the people that are surrounding me, make sure that we're safe through dark passage, make through make sure we get through the dark times together and bond stronger instead of breaking. You know, that's setting good intention, but that isn't, you don't have to pray to do that. You don't have to, it doesn't, I think people think it's silly to just say like there's a universe and that there's a higher energy that's just pulsating through us all. We're all ones and zeros and ones when you break it down. We're all mathematical equations and our atomic level and our subatomic levels are, you know, all made up of the same shit, just varies. And it's like virtual reality. You look around, you're like, wow, like I'm, I'm here. I can see my hand. I can move. I can smash my fucking finger. I did that actually recently. So, you know, you just look at all these different things that religions have done. It's driven people apart. It really has. It's driven people to hate. And, you know, sure, you can say prayer circles, prayer chains, and all these things. But here's the truth, folks. And this is something I want to really drive home. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing right now. I don't care where you're at. You are a sinner according to those books. You are a fucking mongrel in other cultures. You are filth because we are all just people and we all just do our thing to the best of our ability. And some people intentionally day in and day out do terrible things try to intentionally hurt people. And I believe that karma is going to come back and get them. I really do. But there are also people out there that are doing stupid shit, you know? Like, they tell their spouse, like, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and party for a few hours. I partied for a few hours too many. I didn't come home till super late. I know you work early in the morning, but I don't really respect that. But I do it every single time and taking advantage of people. I take advantage of other people because when I'm out at the bar, I... I ask for other people to buy my drinks and I try to just not spend any of my own money and I try to get everything that I want with doing minimal effort as possible, you know, and, and there are other people that do things like, oh, I'm a good Christian, I'm a devout Christian, I'm a great dude, but they're messaging girls on Facebook, what's up sexy, what's up beautiful, how's it going, babe, you know, not knowing them, knowing nothing about them other than seeing their picture and just thinking because they can, 
they should message this woman and call them a, a nice name because that'll sway them, you know. And the, and people people are grimy across the board, doing all kinds of different grimy shit, you know. And and you might think you're you're free of it. You might be listening right now, going, "No, I don't." But you know what? I tell you, the truth is, you're also secretly saying, well, "It makes me feel really gross and squeamish that he knows that I do something that is not necessarily the brightest thing." So. I'm going to answer a couple of questions here. I asked my dudes who are a part of the network. I said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to be discussing religion. And they asked some questions. Now, I'm going to answer the first question with some seriousness. And it's the lack of seriousness that one Dick Blaine Tyner takes when I'm asking questions like this. See, I thrive on them to bring me creative thoughts or, or, or perspectives that are different, you know. And Dick just brings some sort of wiener joke in talking about masturbation, which, you know what, everybody touches themselves however you choose to get yourself off is fine, as long as it's not hurting another person. As long as you're with, if, and, if, and if you're with another person, and they're enjoying the experience, and they want to be a part of that experience, and if you're on a more solo adventure, you're not hurting yourself or anybody else involved, and you're also not looking at things that you shouldn't be. And what I mean by that is, like, listen, if you're an adult, look at all the porn in the world you want. But don't look at kitty porn. Don't get into that. You fucking creeps, you cretins. Come on now. What the fuck are you doing? Like, it's disgusting. I just, that's one thing that's just, seriously, it's super totally unforgivable. But, like, people sin across the board. So if if you're, if here's the question Dick asked. I'm going to use his exact words because I want you guys to see the, uh, um, his his level of thought process, I guess. If I masturbated with one of those slippery, wiggly, wiggle worm type things as a teenager, am I going to hell? Well, I'm just going to say, if pleasuring yourself in any capacity means you're going to hell, then there's a lot of people joining you, Dick. Lots and lots and lots of every single person, for the most part, is going to fucking hell because they pleasure themselves in some form or fashion. Now, on to a question that has actually some substance and got some stank on it. A- AP from Poor Report says, or Poor 360 says, uh, you speak a lot about how you dislike organized religion. Do you think if religion leads you to good morals that it's fine? And you know what? And I and I covered this a little bit earlier in our talk. Is like, you know, yes, I do think that if you are just using it as like a slight moral compass, but you're not being a biblical warrior trying to spit truth when you don't even know. Like, listen, know what you know, and if you know that it makes you feel good to believe in that, that's fine. But ask yourself, how long are you going to lie before you look into why we've never seen any real proof of any of these things we've we've been fucking coached with our whole lives? It's like it's like this. Here's here's what I honestly believe. Let me let me break it down like this. Example. Ollie sometimes can be a little bit of a shithead cuz kids are shitheads. Just be real. That's how it is. 5 years old, almost 6 still figuring your brain out, don't know how to, like, elaborate or say everything you want to say, you know, you kind of get a little bit worked up and don't know how to get your words out, and you can be, you can be a real train wreck, you know, um, but, you know, with Ollie, if he does something bad, or does something really shittily, I mean, I can just say three, a few words and get his attention of, like, oh, I should stop fucking around, and it's like, do I need to call Santa, because if I call Santa Claus, no toys, no good times, he knows there's consequences, right? 
It's actions to consequences. So I'm using a fictional character to teach morals of actions have consequences. Okay, I want you guys to remember that. So replace Santa with Jesus. What's different? Nothing. Replace Jesus with the tooth fairy. What's different? Not a lot. Replace Jesus with the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy with the Easter bunny doesn't really change a lot. You, again, it's, it's trying to teach good morals and, 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 trying to, and, and trying to say, look, if you do good in the world, good will come of it. If you do bad of the world, bad will come of it, you know? And I think that, sure, good moral value is, is solid. Having a good moral code is brilliant. And I think that that is actually why the Bible was written. We need a moral code or there will be anarchy on this planet. People will eat each other alive. It will always be dog-eat-dog, and if there's no buffer, if there's no, hey, you'll burn in a pit of fucking fire, because how painful does that sound, you know? Another thing that's crazy is, like, you, you, you look at the idea of hell, okay? I want you guys to think about this. The idea of hell doesn't exist if it isn't for Dante's Inferno. That's real. Dante's Inferno creates the ideology of hell that even is a thing. So hell to Christians at one point wasn't even a thing. If there was a God and he had all these reasons for doing things the way he did, his sins, his only only begotten son to fucking perish on earth and give his life and fucking get hung by the cross and most likely get pegged by the Romans while he was hanging on that cross because they were sexual deviants. Um... Don't you think he would have maybe said something about like, hey, you should tell people that if they fuck up, they'll go to hell. That wasn't in the teaching. It, that was never mentioned when you talk when when you hear the the if you read the words that are allegedly the words of Jesus himself speaking in these fucking instances. Like, it's never like, hey, dudes, do what I'm fucking saying, or you're going to hell. It's always like, be kind to each other, be well with each other, love each other, good morals, good values, being a good person, and sure. It's a great jump start for a moral standard, but what I really think is, I think that religion should be taught as fables, and then I think that children should be allowed, once they are, you know, 14, 15, they should literally be allowed to take some sort of class that teaches them about how religion is alternately not entirely factual and say, decide for yourself. Do you want to continue to believe it's your choice, or do you want to believe in the possibility that it's not necessarily what everybody's cracking it up to be? And this is how we taught you. This is why we taught you. Because, see, you're a good person now. You're not an asshole, necessarily. Because, of course, because, see, then there's the problem, too, is that you, you look at some of these religious families, they go to church every Sunday, every fucking Wednesday for their fucking whatever, Passover and shit and all those other things. and like, Or they go for youth groups and all these things. Like, they, 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 they're always bump, 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 Bible thumping, God, 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 God. But then you put someone who has an alternate lifestyle or different belief value in front of them and they become evil and they say things like, you cocksucker, God's going to fucking rape you in the ass. Whoa, what? Are you, are we talking about the same dude right now? Are we talking about the same thing, like love and light? What? Did you just tell me that your God was going to fuck my ass? Really? Like, come on, dude. Are you really saying that to me right now? Like, people do that. I've seen it. I've seen people get crazed or say evil things about how you're dressing. You you fucking demons and blah, 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 you know, all this evil shit, man. Christians are the worst type of people. I mean, really. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, and then, like, you know, to take it back, take it way back to earlier when I was talking about that girlfriend that had the mom that got smacked in the head about her autistic son. Like, they believed Harry Potter was evil and satanic. 
And I couldn't, I was supposed to read that shit. And I was like, fuck you. I'm reading my book and I'm bringing it. And I don't care if you think it's weird. I'm bringing my fucking book. And Lord of the Rings is cool as shit too. And admittedly it was. Those things are cool. Those things are really cool. But I think that religion is like the Constitution of the United States of America. For the time it was written, great idea great purpose use it as a way to help control your people keep them sane keep them from murdering each other consequences there are things worse than rotting in a prison cell there are things worse than dying how do you get people to fear death there's something past death you know oh shit well then i don't want to fucking do that or go to hell that'd be awful you know so i just feel like now you look at it and it has to be redone the idea of religion could be so much cooler if it was more like we all believe that we are all an equal energy of some sort because we all are created. We're all here standing. We can all speak to each other and, and communicate and put our hand up or down or, or be in the same building and, and experience the same kind of energies together. And we can talk about how we live our lives and try to be more altruistic and be more positive and you know, do things like earlier today my friends stopped by. You know what I did for him? I just gave him a toy. I was like, here, man, you've got a friend who's got a kid who's really into Ninja Turtles. I know. You told me about it. I'm going to just give this to you. Give it to him in good faith. Like, no reason. I don't want anything back for it. I don't want him to do anything for me. It was just like, hey, pass this light out to someone else so they their day can be made. Someone else can have this joy just drop in their lap. Because how cool is that to just be living your life and have some unexpected joy drop in your lap? There's nothing greater. You know, honestly. So I think the idea of religion could be totally revamped, but you have to essentially, everyone would have to accept that the current ideologies of religion were built on archaic means and say, oh, what do we know? Like, what do we know? Let's take some science. Let's, let's sprinkle a little bit of science, not some Scientology. This is not about money. Sprinkle a little bit of science in there and then say, hey, like, what about this? What if, what if we all just agree that this is how we treat each other and treat each other with kindness and honesty and don't be a scumbag and don't cheat on your partner and don't be disrespectful and don't, you know, ask chicks for unsolicited titty pictures or send your dick pics to people unsolicitedly, you know, doing any of those kind of things. like Or saying things vulgarly online or trying to... You know, another thing, people, people think now that because you can give your opinion and I'm guilty of it because I have a fucking podcast network, but just being real with you, people think that because you can give your opinion, right, that you should give your opinion. I want you to think that those are two very separate things. I can tell you all of my opinions about religion and all these things because I have a, a platform to do it, but I don't know if I necessarily will all the time or I will necessarily divulge everything that I'm feeling, you know, and it's also possible that we could have guests on who we get into the talks about religion. I mean, listen, to be honest, this episode that I'm doing right now is only part one of a much larger conversation. I want to bring some other friends on who are religious and actually talk about it and get in, and open this shit up, you know, and maybe do a couple episodes special on the ideas of religion and and what what it does for people and and ask some really pointed questions because I have a lot. I'm not just going to sit here and throw a million pointed questions in the air that no one's going to answer. I want to point them at somebody and see if they can give me something back to help me understand why they why they've fallen into this 
mystical trap of a fable because it really is. I mean, listen, you're going to hear me ask questions like, how can a dude survive being in the belly of a whale? If he's in the belly of a whale, the whale's fucking bile, his stomach bile is eating this dude. You're not just going to survive. Sorry. There's no, oh, well, he did this. No, 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 no. If your story is, dude, survived inside of a belly of a whale, okay, then think about the science of that. doesn't happen. No. Jesus turned water into wine, huh? Are you sure? Did he not have little wine? Like, did he not have little berries that he just, like, had hidden and was a magician because he had good sleight of hand? Like, uh, you know, you fed 5,000 people with a loaf of bread and a, and a single fish? Like, come on now. Think about that. 5,000 people. That's half of the Sears Center. Or, you know, or, you know, a, a decent sized uh, college stadium game, all eating from one tiny piece of those. I mean, it, it, it either was fucking the longest piece of bread ever and the biggest fucking fish you could imagine. I mean, you know what I'm saying? These are all things that just like, you look at the other fables, you look at things like Jack and the Beanstalk and things of that nature, and you can discern that those are fake. But if you were to replace the Jack and the... If you were to take the Bible and throw those stories out of the Bible and put the Jack and the Beanstalk stories in the Bible and say, that was the crucible, that's what happened. Jack and the Beanstalk was part of the the learning lesson of life. You know, you always got to get back up after you get knocked down. Like, if you took that ideology and put it in the Bible and then took the Bible and just had it as like fables, we'd go, oh, those are fables, but this other thing is real? Really? Come on, man. Like, think about it. So... You know, today when you're driving home or you're, you know, listening in the office or doing whatever you're doing today, I want you to look up a guy specifically who gave me a lot of insight. And I found him because of an employer who I actually agreed with the his opinion of religion. It was very strange. We didn't really see eye to eye on anything else, not on politics, not on worldviews or culture or anything like that. But when it came to religion, we definitely saw that people were getting, uh, you know, the wool pulled over their eyes, you know, and uh, look up Bart, B-A-R-T, D, the letter D, Airman, and that's E-H-R-M-A-N, okay? Now, he is a guy who, his story is incredible. He went and went to all the major Christian colleges and got his degree to become a, a priest, and he would have people when he started, when he first got his first church, that would come up and ask these really pointed questions. He's like, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. Like, that's, that's hard. Like, maybe I need to study the ancient text. So then he went back to fucking Yale and Harvard to be able to read the, the dead language of Latin and whatnot and, and, and the written old school transcripts and stuff. And then he went and studied the actual text. And as soon as he starts studying, he's like, oh shit, we've been wrong this whole time. Like, religion is total bullshit, and what we've been basing that book off of is wrong. They did this wrong. This is wrong. This doesn't work. And he would say, he'd be like, check this out. So here are two scrolls that are supposed to be the same story, right? Same thing. And he's like, look at all these differences. Boom. He'll point shit out. And he does all kinds of college theses, and he does all kinds of dissertations and TED Talks and things of that nature. And he's very intelligent dude, you know? And he's got it, man. He's got it really figured out because, I mean, really think about it. Chinese telephone of paper and and how hard it was to even have paper like back in the day to even be able to have paper 
and to just be a dude who his only job was to write over and over and over and make copies for people. And those copies, not all of them survived. Only one version of them survived. But if he was bored or not feeling it, who the fuck cares? He can slip his own little language in there, switch up a a couple lines here and there, just because, you know, whatever. And you can tell that that actually happened. So you look at the idea of how the Bible was written, it's like, come on now. And then you look at the megachurch thing and that whole phenomenon of like people believe in tithing and I'm going to give 10% of my earnings back to the church. The church is going to give me things and help me out. That's not working. It really isn't. Churches are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Congregations are filling up. People are getting poorer and poorer and poorer. The churches are getting richer and richer and richer. Your Joel Olsteins, your Jimmy Swaggerts are flying around in jets, living lavish lifestyles, being able to go to the you know wherever the fuck they want to and and travel the world and have all kinds of crazy um, vacation experiences and do whatever they want. And because they're ahead of a quote unquote mega church and they're spreading their quote unquote gospel and being an entertainer. More than anything, they're not they're not just selling God to the people. They're entertaining people along the way too, and that's what made them um well known, you know. But those people are all criminals. They're crooks. They're taking people's money willingly. They know it. They know there there are people that walk up to them and they go, Pastor, you know, I just I just tithed my ten percent. It was most of the last of my paycheck, and we're you know we're gonna have a rough couple days here before my next paycheck comes in, but we're gonna be all right. We're gonna take care of it. We're gonna be fine. And you know, and the pastor will be like, "Well, you know, if you need anything, come to us, son, and we'll help you out." And of course, the church is there, superficially, but that person should not be put in that situation because they're giving their money to the church first and then being impoverished. You know, that's that's crazy to me. So you know. Um, I, I, I also want to talk about a little bit about how I was recently ordained as an ordained minister, and I did Dick's wedding. And it, that was cool because I didn't have to do a religious wedding, and I want to specialize in non-religious weddings. So if you're listening to this and you don't want to have a religious wedding, find me, because we can make something special. We can make things nice. We can make the ceremony beautiful. Uh, but religion doesn't have to seep into everything. And then, see, that's another problem is religion is seeped into church and state and and, and oh, it is in church, but the entanglement with state. You have things like, um, okay, example, before 1959, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That's it. But then, all of a sudden, one nation, dot, 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 under God. But that's a false pretense because all the people on, all the people that live in North America don't believe in your quote-unquote one singular God. There's all kinds of religions because we're a melting pot country. People from all different backgrounds. So you're lording over the ideology of God on the thing that people have to pay their bills with? That's gross, you know? And and God we trust on all the money. God we trust, you know? Um, It's very strange because when you look at it, it's like religion is all around, but religion has failed. Because if religion was successful, I think a lot of things that the religious people want would happen. I think we wouldn't have as many freedoms. I believe that people who, you know, maybe believe in certain different things or different lifestyles would be gone or not um, non-existent, as it were, in some form or fashion, converted, if you will. Uh, but I just think that, you know, when you look at the, the whole game of religion, it, it is a fail state. 
And um, I do encourage you, if you're listening to this episode, to go do your own research about religion. Look outside of just Christianity. Look at, you know, other people's opinions. Listen to Bart D'Airman. Don't just, and also don't just go to your pastor and be like, hey man, I listen to this fucking dude's podcast. I know you're probably not going to say fucking to your pastor, but maybe, maybe you're cool with him. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But like, hey man, I listen to this dude's podcast. And he asks all these questions. He says all these things. He said the scriptures might not be the right thing. Like, And you rattle some half cock thing off. He's gonna shoot it down and tell me that I and tell you that I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, my years of life, I've studied this stuff enough to understand what it does to people, how it affects people. And you know, one thing I think, and I want to drive this point home at the very end here. If you are someone who feels an immense, unimaginable amount of guilt over small things, over stuff that's mundane over the little things that are, you know, oh, I cut some guy off in traffic accidentally, but I feel really guilty about it. Or, or you know, oh, I didn't follow through with this one client that I was supposed to and I missed the email or some shit, you know. But you feel terrible to the point where you're like sick. I'm going to probably tell you you were brainwashed at some point by the church to believing that guilt and feeling guilt is the only way to be okay with making mistakes, and it's not. If you make a mistake, just pony up to the mistakes, say, hey, it fucked up. I don't want to do that again. I really don't like that I fucked up, and I hope that I don't do that ever again. You know, um, and I, and I don't mean to go into some sort of box and ask for forgiveness. It's not about forgiveness. You wouldn't have done it if you were wanting to be forgiven for doing it. You did it because it just happens. Sometimes people make mistakes. Accidents happen. You know, shit goes goes down. But I think you know what, folks. I've dished on this topic for a while. I've given you guys some pretty decent insight into how I feel about religion. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Voice Survival Podcast. You guys can check it out every other Friday right here on the Journey into Comics podcast or on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, Castbox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network and be sure to subscribe to us right there because you'll get all the different shows on our network Monday through Sunday, every day of the week, content flying out our door to your ear holes. We hope you enjoy it enough to go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar for early access and or exclusive content or up your pledge that you already have and give us some extra dinero that we're going to be stashing away hopefully at some point in the future. Who knows how far that future is. We'll have some nifty things to offer to people. But I think that's going to do it for this week's very religious-heavy episode of The Voice of Survival Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12. I have been your host, Nate. Take care, be well, and we will see you guys next time. Later. Later.